Welcome to the Zero Now podcast, the home of great business interviews. I'm Laura from Zero Education. Our guest this week is Anthony Sverskis, the CEO of Tribe. Tribe is an online marketing platform for brands and agencies started out in Melbourne, Australia in 2013. They now operate globally to help businesses and influencers craft their presence online. He recently joined a session of Zero Hour, one of our regular online events, and had a great conversation with Joel Hanna from the education team about how a business can put together a solid and effective marketing strategy that works and how this can be so impactful now that so much of our lives are online and on social media and so many businesses are pivoting to operating online as well. So we join the two as they start a conversation about marketing strategy and harnessing the power of the Google search. You'll hear Joel's voice first. You know, what are the basic principles, what are the basic kind of tenets, if you like, of a really solid, strong marketing strategy uh, for a small business? And, and how did you see those being really well applied in your, your journey at Tribe? Yeah, look, it's, a, it's obviously a very broad broad topic and, and a very differentiated approach, whether you're a consumer-based business or a B2B company or a service-based company. Certainly, I think there's, there's foundations which apply to, to everyone. And um, probably the first one I would talk about is Google search or, or Google AdWords. When small businesses look at digital marketing, it might be a little bit confronting, but platforms like Google and platforms like Facebook are made for small business. You can, you can buy ads on a credit card. Um, they step you through the, the process of setting them up. Um, when I started my first sort of small company, the recommendation I got from one of my mates was just whatever you're going to do, start with AdWords, which is the paid placement of your, of your search. And when you think about Google as a, as a channel, you know, it, it owns search. Um, so if anyone is looking for a solution to a problem and you can provide that solution as a business, you just want to make sure that they can find you. And, and that's probably the first place that you need to go. Yeah. You know, the, the thing I often hear is pretend you're a customer for a second. What's the first thing you do? Invariably, the answer is straight to Google, punch in my search terms and, you know, hopefully you're competing well there. Yeah. We had to really understand what our customers wanted and the problems mm. they were they were facing and be very, very specific with this is a solution to this problem. And the more you can understand about the spectrum of problems that your customers have and the, the benefit that you provide or the answer you provide to those problems, that starts to feed into all your channel strategies. So whether it's building your ads on search so that you can specifically address that problem or building ads on Facebook or, or even if you're going into traditional channels like print or TV, um, the more specific you can be to address a problem with your service or your solution, uh, the more effective that advertising will be. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, one of my favourite ideas there is no one ever bought a drill, they bought holes. And what we often talk about is the drill and how fast the drill goes and what colours it comes in and all that great stuff. But really what people want to hear about is the outcome and the, and yep. the, the actual benefit of the thing that they're buying. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So with that in mind, pretend you're starting a business today. You've got 100 bucks to spend on marketing. You need to spend all of it. Um, how would you split that $100 across you know, different, different ploys or different tactics? Personally, I, I go back to that first thing I said. I think search is just such a fundamental um, component of anyone who's looking for a, a solution to a problem. I know there's a famous quote from Bill Gates who said, if he's got $1 spent, he spends it on PR. Uh, and I think the value of PR is, is continuously overlooked although it's a really hard value to quantify um, and it can work in different ways and it can work very effectively or, or actually can work um, to the negative if you, if you get that messaging wrong. So um, that is certainly an option and, and you can 
put the whole hundred in PR if you've got the right story to tell or the right uh, message to push out via via publicity. I would suggest search is probably your next component of of, of the spend, just because it's so ingrained in people's in people's mindsets around. Hey, I need a solution to this, or I need to find a dentist in Cronulla. That's where you want to make sure you're you're appearing. On that topic of search, it's a really interesting one. I think. You know, if you sort of hang around small businesses enough like I do, you hear terms like SEM, SEO, um, social media marketing, social marketing, search marketing, etc. Can you break down for us kind of the difference in those terms and put down on a noob, which wouldn't be that hard because I am, um, uh, and how would you kind of break those terms down for, for those of us new to the game? Yeah, so SEO is probably the, the top one and, and that's effectively search engine optimization. What Google does is it, crawls your website and it looks for phrases and keywords and the way your website's constructed and whether you've got videos on them. Google's job is to present relevant results to their users. So if you are a dentist in Cronulla, um, you want to make sure that Google can easily distinguish that on your website and can serve that back up to your um, back up to potential search search queries. So search engine optimization is, is a strategy where you're basically constructing your website, constructing the content on your website to ensure that you reach the highest point poss- you possibly can from an organic perspective. So without any paid component to it, although you do have to invest in, in SEO and there's a lot of services out there which are very, very specialized in helping businesses um, build their websites in the right way and write content in the right way. At the end of the day though, the, the basic premise is write content and build a website that's easy to use uh, and that's going to provide value to the user because if if someone gets there from google and they stay on your website and they read multiple pages google recognizes that as um, valuable uh, in regards to answering a query sem search engine marketing is what i spoke about before google adwords so that's actually paying google to place your uh, website higher up the list uh, based on certain search queries super effective as well the benefit of that advertising channel is that you're really only paying when people click on your ad. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, 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 the concept is your search engine marketing or your AdWords budget should be infinite um, because ultimately if, you're, you've got, if you've got a very specific search term, which is dentist in Cronulla and you're paying $5 a, a click when people search for that, um, that click gets you through to, through to your website and you know your website is going to convert 10% of them or, or 3% of them, whatever it is, um, you should be able to just continuously spend on that search term because it's just going to keep on filling up, up your appointments via your website. So it's a really important complement to search engine optimization. Uh, the two work together really, really well. When you get into social media marketing, I mean, social media is, is a pretty broad term. You know, we know Facebook, we know uh, Instagram, of course, it also applies to platforms like LinkedIn now is, is, is a social media platform and uh, new platforms like TikTok. The advertising that occurs there most predominantly is effectively just placing an ad in someone's newsfeed. It's also really uh, highly targeted. So when you set up an ad on Facebook or Instagram or, or even TikTok, you're effectively telling that platform, I want to reach... Uh, women who are 25 to 35 year old years old, interested in fashion, living in Sydney Metro. And you can also add in their interests or their demographic profiles. And so that ad will only display to those people. So you also get a very focused uh, placement of your ad to exactly who you think your customers are going to be. It's a very different type of placement to to search because search is, um, hey, I've got a problem. The results of that search will solve them. 
whereas social media tends to be more of a passive sell. So I want to show um, those people who I think are my potential customers um, what my product or service is, uh, understanding that they may not have a direct need for that product or service right now, but if I continuously can show them that product or service, either I'm going to generate that need or when the need comes up, they're going to think of me. I know when I first kind of encountered this as a topic, it was a bit of a black box as to how targeting worked, but also how like the transaction would work. So how would I pay for um, AdWords and how would I make sure I kept in my budget and how do you set a budget and those kinds of ideas. Do you have some thoughts there? Yeah, so Google and Facebook is really designed for small business. Uh, they make the process of building an ad very, very simple. Um, you place a credit card down, you set um, either a, a total ad spend budget, you set a daily limit, um, you can set a limit on the number of clicks per day. Um, so you can start with $10 a day, $20 a day, $200 a day. Mm. Um, you get real-time monitoring. So you'll know the minute someone sees that ad, clicks on that ad, as I said, if they see it but don't click on it, you won't be charged. Likewise, you might be able to set up 10 similar ads and see that oh, it's these two that people are clicking on the most so that you know, mm -hmm. hey, the content in those ads is most effective. So I'm going to scrap the other eight or place no budget behind the other eight and place all my budget behind the, the other two. So the interface of Google or Facebook is very, very user-friendly and it's really designed to be usable without the, the input of an agency or a specialist. I think it's um, very good practice if you're not investing in digital channels from an advertising perspective. The first investment you make is your own, um, both in the education and the time to, to learn how they work. When you start to get the sense of, okay, I understand all this and, and I can see that it's working uh, from a performance point of view, then it might be time to move over to a specialist. There are degrees of specialization that occur, uh, but certainly the, the learning you get from trying it yourself the first time and setting limits that you're comfortable with is uh, a super valuable exercise. Mm. I think the other thing I'm interested in there is if you know what customers are costing you to acquire at that marketing end of the funnel. So I know how much it costs me when someone clicks on that link, let's call it five bucks, knowing how much you can monetize that customer for it, like kind of the next stage or further down the funnel is probably really important then, right? So uh, how important is it to think about the sales cycle or the life cycle of a customer when you're setting those limits and those kinds of things? Yeah, look, again, it depends on, on the type of business you are, but if you're a sort of digitally focused business or, you can create a, um, a success event through your website. Now that event might be to call your reception. Um, and then you can track how many people you get through to the website who then go on to call your reception. Uh, that event might be to buy something online or even to make an online inquiry, which generates a lead that you follow up manually. When you're properly set up, um, you'll be able to work out, hey, I spent $1,000 on my AdWords or my Facebook ads. That got me 100 um, visitors to my site, of which my site was able to convert 10 visitors to, to a lead. I convert three of those leads. I know I make 1000 bucks from each lead, so the ROI of, of the spend is, 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 is very evident. And that's not a sort of complex structure, and, and it should be part of the, when you start advertising digi digitally, the benefit of digital is you can track to that degree. When you compare that to traditional ads like let's call it a, a newspaper ad, you really don't have any throughput unless um, the ad is very specific to call this number or use this Got a promo code in it. Or, like yeah. And, yeah. and then you, you can start to get the, the ROI of, of, of the spend, but you're, you're taking data sets that are, hey, I spent this a month ago. I've had 12 coupons used over the next three months. Okay, let's calculate it. So 
the concept is similar, of course, when it's something like TV advertising, it's even harder to measure. And, and this is where the, um, I think the, the conflict is between traditional media and, and new media is, is new media is just so powerful from a, from a tracking perspective. Mm. Um, and of course, uh, advertisers, whether you're spending $1,000 or a million dollars, knowing what those dollars are doing are, are super important. There's, there's another sort of famous quote in, in advertising, which is, you know, I know 50% of my budget is working. I just don't know which 50%. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, and look, the, the reality is even with digital, that's still, a, that's still the case because with platforms like Facebook and, and Google, they've done a really great job in, in understanding the last click. So I go to Google and I search for dentist in Cronulla. I, I click on the, the paid ad and Google says, oh, that was us. But the reality is I may have seen a billboard about that dentist or I may have um, seen a Facebook ad for, for... Had a referral from a friend. Yeah. That yeah. I didn't click on. Uh, and so when you're working out the ROI, um, it's also very important to just think about, hey, I'm investing in all of these channels, which might be sales, it might be traditional ads, it might be digital ads. The, the result of all that marketing led to this many leads or this many customers. So now I can really attribute it, attribute the, the ROI on a total basis, not just believing Google who said, yeah, it was all last click. Yeah. It was all the last click. Yeah. So it sounds like the platforms and, you know, my experience of the platforms do lend themselves to experimentation. You know, you can try things and you can switch them on and off and you can up, increase spend, you can increase reach, you can do a whole bunch of different, you can tune the variables essentially. Yep. Um, can you break it? Can you break your strategy by doing something wrong or blowing your budget or, you know, is there a risk there that you can experiment yourself into, into hot water? I think of course you can blow your budget. It's very easy to set limits on these things. And, and uh, I think most people would go in with that mindset. You know, I also think there's, if you're not set up from a proper tracking perspective, uh, you may not be getting access to the full data um, to make proper judgments. Uh, potentially also, if you don't understand how it works, uh, well enough and you give it over to an agency and you just believe what the agency says and, and, and you give them an allocation of funds that they're not really, I guess, in the same mindset as you as to what a successful conversion looks like. Uh, potentially you're, yeah, exposing yourself to, to, to greater losses. But as I said before, the beauty of digital is you get to see performance in real time and um, you talk about test and learn, something like AdWords or even Facebook ads, a very basic premise is if you are, I'm going to go back to the dentist in Cronulla. I don't know why, but, but if you're a dentist in Cronulla, um, the reality is you have patients who are children, who are men, who are women, or who are of all, of all um, different diverse backgrounds. Um, when you display them a, a piece of content about your, your um, clinic, um, the more relevant that content can be, uh, the more likely the ad is to, to be effective. So a very simple, you know, what's called an A-B test is, hey, I'm going to test this pick of uh, you know, a woman in the dentist chair and this pick of a man in the dentist chair. And naturally I'm gonna put the, the man pick to the men and I'm gonna put the women pick to the women and I'm gonna see how the two uh, mm. perform and, and really understand what it is about the content to a certain audience that makes it perform better. Likewise with, with AdWords, beauty of AdWords is you can test 10 different or 100 different variants of copy. Um, so it can be, hey, toothache, get to the dentist quick, it could be need your teeth whitened, whatever it might be. So um, you can start to sort of see what catches better, what, um, what your audiences are responding to, and of course, uh, place your budget behind the ads that, that do the best. 
Coming up after the break, we'll hear more from our wonderful guests, so stay tuned. You've mentioned a number of different platforms. So, you know, obviously Instagram, you've t- touched on LinkedIn a little bit, and then obviously Google and a few other things as well. Instagram kind of gets touted as like the thing, like it's the place where customers are. Do you think in your view that it's the place that every small business should be? I think if you've got a um, consumer-focused business, yes, it's a very, very important channel. Um, I mean, the nature of the channel is largely visual, so um, it tends to suit businesses that have... I guess a higher degree of visual branding and you know nice packaging or high end and highly visual photography that can be a, a mm. based around them. You know, a, a dentist, for example. Well, if you think about parts of say white teeth, yeah, absolutely, that 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 suits it. And and you wouldn't naturally think of a dentist being on Instagram, but it still is a channel. And the beauty of social media in general is it's free audience. Now, if you have a very niche uh, solution as 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 part of your business hitting a thousand a hundred thousand people may not make much difference to you but if you're some you're a solution that is um, broadly solving problems for a lot of people um, yeah you can uh, address those via search but if you could actually get your solution out there or even get awareness about your your solution or your company or or Mm. you as a person Mm. um, to, to more people it takes a little bit of investment um, but it is an important channel strategy to say mm. it's not just about me reaching people one-to-one. I'm actually going to put out a, a brand. And, you know, we see with things like LinkedIn, as I said, which is now very much a social media platform, and, and I find myself in LinkedIn just as, I, as much as I do uh, find myself in Instagram. It's not just about generating awareness. It's actually about building a profile. And, and Instagram, if you're a consumer-focused business, is a bit of a business card right, that people will go to your Instagram, maybe they'll go to your website, they'll go to your Instagram to see who you are, um, the type of content that you produce, especially in those younger audiences. Um, same goes for LinkedIn. If you're a consultant or if you're a, a specialist business, business to business service, there's an ability to build a, a public CV or a public profile where people can read blogs or see what your career history is or see who some of your clients are. Mm. acts as an extension to your website and it, i suppose it does require effort because all of these channels need need to be fed with content but i think for any small business like any sort of medium to large business you just have to work out which channel makes the most sense and how do you produce content in a way that isn't time consuming and is, is actually quite authentic to who you mm. are and, and what the business does yeah right um i think you touched on another really important thing there which is the right content for the right platform as well you know obviously linkedin it's much more about the individual um instagram seems to be much more brand focused your tips for linkedin if in a b2b market do you have any kind of recommendations or sort of areas to territories to play in if you're producing content or thinking about a strategy for for the for linkedin as a platform yeah look i i don't think content for content sake is ever is ever a good idea i think you know same with I guess PR, you've got to have something that's valuable and interesting to say. The beauty of these platforms is if you say something interesting and you tag it in the right way, and, and LinkedIn is is a really viral platform. So the more people who interact with your content, their network will see that they've interacted with your content. And so um, whether it's a personal blog about your solution, whether it's general commentary on on the current climate or how you're solving the problem of working from home, 
you know, there, there's, there's a lot of capacity to bring people into your channel. Now, when they're in your channel and that you, you gain a follower uh, on LinkedIn, then suddenly all the content you produce, more people will say, and as mm. more people see it, more people will interact with it, which means more people, people mm. see it. And so you can grow your LinkedIn audience really, really well. But um, I think you've just got to be careful around content for content's sake. And, you know, I see a lot on LinkedIn people, you know, creating their profile, creating a, a sense that they're a specialist, even though they may not have that much experience. And um, I find it quite easy to decipher between the two, but, you know, I would certainly suggest that authenticity about what you're passionate about. Um, you know, if you've got a, a solution to a certain problem, really build that specialization and display that profile of your specialization. Um, it won't change things overnight, but as you do it more and as you invest in this channel, uh, it will certainly start to assist with lead generation or, mm. or building that awareness. I guess it's like any medium for any form of communication, the best way to be genuine and authentic is to be genuine and authentic. Focusing in on e-commerce and kind of the uh, emergence of platforms like uh, you know, Facebook um, have a, a great e-commerce platform now. Um, so to Instagram, in fact, Instagram, you know, you can, you can start an entire online store on platform. You can build a business profile. You can do a whole bunch of great stuff there without ever having to actually you know, get a, a URL and a website and build a, a store yourself. What do you think the kind of future of that is and the relevance of that is for small business particularly keen to get your thoughts on non-product business um, yep. and B2B business as well. Yeah, look, I, I, I certainly think e-commerce is going through a rapid rapid step change. I think we all know it. We're probably all buying far more than <laughs> before. I'm getting to know my postie very, very well. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a great thing for anyone who's obviously already had an e-commerce presence or was in the process of, of, of establishing an e-commerce presence. Aside from the e-commerce transactional and, and, and shopping experience, what we know through this period is like everyone's being sucked into devices. And, and that was already a change that was happening. The way people interact with their screens with, you know, I've got two different mobile phones. I've got an iPad. I've got a, I've got a MacBook. You know, my, my attention is, is somewhere in one of those screens, probably for, for 80% of my waking day, which is a little bit sad when I, when I, when I speak it out like that. But importantly making sure there is a presence online right now if you're a traditional service-based business you still need to be able to interact with people through these digital channels and and you know social media is a way of entering that conversation search is a way of entering that conversation creating content such as this is a way of entering that conversation because we're all at our computers um, plugging away at emails and now i want to turn my attention to something which is which is delivered to me which is valuable content so Having that digital digital strategy is super important. When we're talking about e-commerce, you know, if you've got a product, great. If you've got a, a B2B product, I think absolutely e-commerce is, is a great way to, to sell it. People are becoming more comfortable with buying B2B uh, products through e-com. Uh, I think when you start to get into, into service, there should be an outlet on your, on your uh, website, which is either an inquiry form or an ability to commit an order or, or construct a, a tailored solution um, or a pricing page or, or anything that I guess is quite low in the funnel. And by low in the funnel, I just mean is related to the transactional element of committing to a, to, to committing to a purchase, um, whether it's a product or service. Um, kind of stepping stones towards exchanging money, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, in, if, if I want to buy, 
I don't know, a new, a new um, white T-shirt, I'll go to Iconic, I'll, I'll, I'll survey a, a few different options and, I, and I'll transact and it's a really, really normal thing. Um, if, I, if I want to choose, yeah, a dentist in Cronulla, uh, okay, normally I'd go to, I'd go to the dentist and, and, and pay there, but if I go to the website and I can um, enter a booking form, choose a time and, and not really have to interact manually or even put a credit card down so they charge my credit card, here's my health insurance details that's obviously just bringing me far closer to the transaction through this digital experience. Um, then, you know, five years ago, that would be a very rare experience. And today, I think we're just seeing it more and more and more. Mm. We're seeing, I guess, a real shift in the way consumers, uh, as you said, looking for products, um, looking for experiences, uh, how businesses are making those kinds of purchases and transactions as well. Social media is a, a key thing. Uh, what are the other trends, you know, be it platforms, be it strategy, be it opportunities that you see kind of looking ahead? What are the things that you think are going to come up? Yeah, well, uh, look, the, the big one is certainly digital and, and um, there's nothing, nothing revolutionary in me saying that. It was occurring already in regards to media. It's, it's occurring already in regards to e-commerce. And as I said, no matter what business you are, you, you need to have a digital presence. I think from a business perspective, you know, there's, there's been a big rise in direct-to-consumer or direct-to-customer, um, whether, whether it's B2B, and, and this is a huge trend in, in the US where, you know, the, the supply chain was usually manufacturer to wholesaler to retailer, customer would go into the retailer, whereas now it's manufacturer to, to, to customer. And that's generally delivered through a, through a digital experience. And, you know, I certainly think that can be applied to, many different things it doesn't just have to be the purchase of a, of a product and, and the sourcing of a product from the from the original manufacturer or from the source it could certainly be a service related where you may have only done a single service but this auxiliary services around you that you use to cooperate with other businesses on um, is how do you sort of build out that breadth so that you're solving more problems for a, for a single customer than you might have uh, originally done and you're expanding your your own model so that there's no um, requirement to find another solution to a problem or to go to a different source um, to solve that problem or potentially even, yeah, upselling customers to parts of the solution that you may not have otherwise have, have, have solved. And, you know, the, the, the current climate is forcing everyone to rethink. It's forcing everyone to embrace digital. It's forcing everyone to uh, think about their business models and also their, their service delivery. And, you know, I see it in the, in the restaurant industry. Yes, the first step was everyone trying to build an online presence, trying to make sure that they, they had a delivery option, um, whether it was through like a Deliveroo or Uber Eats or whatever it is. But now when I, lo I, I walk past a, a restaurant in, in, in Melbourne, uh, which is doing takeaway only, they're, they're also selling food, right? They're selling <laughs> fresh pasta, like meal kits. They're selling, yeah. they're selling um, cans of, of, of tomato sauce or whatever it is. And, and this is just another extension to saying, hey, we're gonna not only give you a, a ready cooked meal, but we're also gonna give you fresh ingredients um, that we used ourselves. Now we're actually going to solve that problem for you as well. And it's another reason why I would come into that store, uh, and it's a greater share of wallet. So uh, I think we're seeing sort of um, businesses just thinking a bit more laterally in order to capture more of of, of that share of wallet or that or the or the customer experience. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's all about adding additional value, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I love that expression, um, greater share of wallet. How do you get more of the business that's already being done? events so digital experiences and using social media to drive those if you think about social media and the natural behavior of people on social media it's, it's really based around 
positive experiences, right? It's, it's, hey, I'm taking this holiday, I'm having this restaurant meal, I'm at the beach, I'm with my family, right? And I'm creating, a, I'm capturing the content of that and I'm sharing it with the world. When you look at what's happening in, in say, retail or, or uh, the restaurant industry, you see that a lot of these restaurants now are being built with, say, Instagram in mind. So they'll have a, a visual design, um, their, their menu will be Instagrammable. I think I've even seen restaurants in Melbourne where they'll have a little Instagram logo next to certain dishes because this is the most Instagrammable dish on the on the menu. Wow. Um, or they'll have, you know, a backdrop, which is a, a vertical garden designed for people to take photos in front of because they know mm-hmm. if you're going to take a photo in front of this, you're going to share our restaurant uh, with your audience. And, of course, that's part of the virality. Mm-hmm. Events are an experience that people will want to share, um, whether it's a niche B2B event, whether it's uh, an event that Zero puts on, um, or it's it's a sort of very big and loud consumer focused event that's trying to get as many people there. Um, you really want to design that event in a, in a way that will encourage people to create content organically and share that content with their audience. It might be an audience on LinkedIn, it might be an audience on Instagram, and, and the more you can do that in that event and, and create consistency around that for subsequent events, um, you start to generate that organic word of mouth uh, that, that social media is, is so great for. Mm. Um, one of the great tools I've heard lots of uh, different operators use would be the jobs to be done. So what are the jobs to be done of your audience? And they're not only to come to the event, there's also some emotional things that they want to achieve and potentially some social jobs they want to achieve as well. So they want to look good to their audience. Yeah, I'm trying to build my profile on LinkedIn as a specialist in accounting, right? I'm going to share content from the Zero the, the, the zero conference because I want my audience to That's know, right. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm upskilling here. And so... Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, there are multiple um, benefits when you can really encourage that that content creation and, and the sharing of the content. Photos or videos, which is better? Look, it depends. Um, uh, video is certainly far richer content. Um, if you think about video on YouTube, it's, it's a different format to video on um, Facebook and, and video in something like Stories, which is a disappearing format. Uh, I certainly think video can be super engaging but I also think it can be it can fall flat if the video is too long, right? And and you need to be able to capture someone's attention in in 15 seconds, I would say, from a video perspective. Now, if you've got three minutes worth of content, you just really want to make sure your introduction is very, very sharp and, and you you're you're gonna tell them why they should be watching for three minutes because I think we're all all aware with all this different devices and, and stimulus in our world, our attention spans are very, very short. Um, so I certainly think video works well, but just think about the video content because people will switch off very, very quickly. Again, the beauty of digital is you can see how quickly that occurs. Stills and imagery is great and it does create a lasting impression and it is very, very powerful for brand because it tends to sort of resonate. Um, there's a, a moment captured, but it's got to be for, for the right product and, and, and I guess um, that's dependent on the, on the type of business. Yeah, great, Anthony, like wonderful advice. And we just so appreciate you taking the time to invest in in us and also in our community. Just really appreciate you taking the time and making the space for that. That's it for this week's Zero Now. Thanks so much for joining us. And for more great learning content from us or to sign up for any Zero Hour session, head to central.zero.com. We'll catch you next time. Until then, stay safe.